that I won't be long. I trust that I will uh, be done in time. Um, but before we uh, go any further, I just want to um, let the congregation know, you know, um, uh, Brother Charles lost, um, I think it is granddaughter or grandson. Granddaughter. Okay, Annie, don't look at me like that. Um, but he's, they are having a memorial service on Wednesday evening. If you're free, please support the family. And then also the, the funeral will take place on Thursday. We're just trying to um, get a venue. Um, if not, then it will be here on Tuesday, uh, Thursday morning. And I think the time will be at 8 o'clock. And please, once again, if you're available, please support. Thank you in advance. So this morning, I'm, I just want to encourage us this morning with the word of God. And my scripture reading is found um, in Psalms 118 and verses 13. 118. Can I make a strain? And it reads as follows. They pushed me hard to make me fall. Father, this morning, Lord God, I come to you, Lord, not in my own strength, not in my own ability. Lord, because I realize without you, I am lost. Without you, Lord, I am nothing. So this morning, Father, Lord, I depend, Lord God, upon the loving spirit of God this morning. Lord, will you hide me this morning? Father, I pray even as I will discuss. Encourage, Lord God, the saints this morning. Father, I pray that you will meet us at the point of our need. And thus I pray, not because I deserve it, but I ask it in the name of Jesus. With much of thanksgiving, amen and amen. So the scripture that I've read to you, they pushed me hard. Now we all face some other time. I want you to listen. It does not matter whether you are a child of God or not. We all go through a low point in our lives. And we all face shattered moments, disappointments, failure, brokenness, setbacks, betrayal, death. And the list is long. And that, beloved, is... It's called a rock, a bottom rock moment. It's the, it's, you find yourself in a low space of your life. That feeling, it cannot just go any lower than it is already. You find yourself, your back is against the wall. Come on, who knows what I'm talking about this morning? You're in this dark space of your life. You don't know how you're going to get out. The light looks so far-fetched. And yes, we all face that moment. Whether you're a pastor, a leader, 
spiritual or not. We all face that low moments, that rock bottom moments in our lives. But I want to say to you this morning, if you're in that rock bottom moment and your back is against the wall and you say, Pastor, I don't know how I'm going to get out, then I want to say to you, you're in the right company this morning. You're in the right company, you ask, Pastor, but what is the reason? And I want to say to you this morning, we read of in the Bible about people that went through low moments in their lives. And the first person, or rather one of the first persons we read about is this young man. He finds himself in the peak cage. Not only does he find himself in the peak cage, but he's eating with the pigs. And now this, he was used to eat with the kings. In fact, his father was a rich man. But here he found himself rock bottom, eating with the pigs. The second person we read about in the Bible is the king. King Hezekiah, I think you found it in um, 2 Kings 20. Where he received the news, you are about to die. That's a rock bottom moment in his life. When the doctor calls you and tells you, we give you six months because of cancer. When the doctor calls you and tells you your child is busy dying, it's a low moment in your life. And it feels like the earth wants to swallow you in. You don't know how you're going to get out. We see a man like Elijah. He was just a normal man like you and I, but he did great things through the hand of the Holy Spirit. But here we find this great servant of God sitting under a tree. He says these words. I wish I can die. And how many of us this morning sitting here with that same thought? And if you're honest with yourself, you probably, you possibly ask, Lord, can I just die and get rid of all the pain, the brokenness, and the mess my life is in? I'm in a rock bottom moment of my life and I can't take it anymore. We look at Elijah, the widow. She lost her child. She lost her husband. No money, no flour even to bake a cake or a bread. She's rock bottom. She's at her lowest. And how many of you sitting here this morning saying, Pastor, I lost my child. I lost my husband. I lost my wife. I lost my business. Pastor, I lost my marriage. I'm rock bottom. I can't handle it anymore. I'm at the lowest this morning. 
You're asking, Pastor, what is the reason for all this? Why is it all happening to me? What is the plan of the devil with my life? I want you to carefully listen to me this morning, church. I want to encourage you out of the word of God. What the aim is of the devil, and we found it in Psalms 118, as I've read, verse 13. It's such a beautiful verse. They pushed me hard, or I would say you, devil, pushed me hard to make me fall, but the Lord helped me. And I believe you as people this morning sitting in this church, the devil has pushed you hard. Come on church, he pushed you hard in your marriage. He pushed you hard in your relationship with your children. He pushed you hard with your, with your, in your business. He pushed you hard with some family members. He pushed you hard in your spiritual life. He pushed you hard, the plan and all of this. He wants you to make you fall this morning. And I want to encourage you, my friend. The devil is not your friend. I am your friend. You are my friend. The devil is not your friend this morning. His plan is to destroy us this morning. He has come to steal, to rob, and his main aim is to take us out. That is the plan of the devil this morning. But, somebody say, but, the Lord came so that we can have life and have life in abundance. Come on church, give God a praise this morning. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has come and he be my salvation. Once I was lost, but now I'm found. Once I was blind, but now I can see. Thank you, Lord, for your salvation over us this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your salvation. Yes, church, the devil is present. Yes, the devil wanted to make you fall. But the Lord help you. I know here's people this morning that have been pushed hard by the devil. But praise the Lord. Some sit here with a great testimony that the Lord helped them. My brother and sister, yes, you have suffered a lot. Yes, you got hurt. You even went so far to give up. But thanks to the Lord, he lifted you up again because there's a power. And let me tell you, it's not the power of the church. It's not the power that I want, Pastor. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit that lifts you up again. And I want you to listen. The main aim, the devil, is out to make us discouraged this morning. Church's aim is to make us lose hope in life. And most of all, his plan is to break up our relationship with God. And believe you me, the enemy knows when we don't have a relationship with God, I will go so far and say, we are dead men walking. When you don't have a relationship with God, you are in danger, my friend. When you don't have a relationship with God, you are lost. And that's his aim. He wants to break up our relationship with God. 
Micah in the Old Testament reminds us, do not rejoice over me, my enemy. I want to remind us all that the enemy, let me rephrase it, I want to remind us all of, 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 uh, that we all have an enemy. We all, as we are sitting here this morning, we all have an enemy. And I'm not talking about a human enemy. I'm talking about maybe it's your finance. I'm talking about an enemy. Maybe it's cancer. I'm talking about an enemy. Maybe it's your marriage. I'm talking about an enemy. Maybe it's your business. Yes, he say, don't rejoice over me, my enemy. I've been pushed hard. But here comes the answer. I've been pushed hard. But here comes the answer. I will stand up again. I will stand up again. And I want to tell you, my friend, church of God, it doesn't matter how many times you have fallen. I want to encourage you this morning. Stand up again. You say to the enemy, you had your time, but I'm standing up again. Stand up again. Child of God, I want to say to you this morning, it's time to stand up from your disappointments. It's time to stand up from your shame. It's time to stand up from the mistakes you made in the past. It's time to stand up from the power the pain and the heartbrokenness. It's time to look up to heaven and say, I declare that my help comes from the Lord that created heaven and earth. I'm standing up. Say to the person next to you, I'm standing up. I'm standing up. Now allow me to share with you three principles how you can get out of this low moment of your situation that you find yourself. Yes, you might say to me, Pastor, all that you are saying this morning, I'm, I'm aware about it. But please allow me to give you the key. And it's very simple. It's very simple. You don't need any rock and science to work it out. It's very simple. And the first thing is associate. Don't isolate. That's the first point. You're asking pastor, but what does this mean? Well, in man's human nature, it is, it is, it is, it is a, a, a common thing for men to isolate when we go through rock-bottom moments. When we're in the lowest of our lives, we intend to isolate. Oh, we just want to move away from other people. We want to be alone. No, my church, friends of God, family. That's the enemy. That's the time he will tell you when you are alone. He will tell you you are worthless. He will tell you you will amount to nothing. He will remind you of your past and your failures. That's why we have so many breakdowns. That's why we have so many suicide cases. Because you allow the enemy to speak to you when you're alone. 
But I believe it is in that time that you must associate with people, get people around you that will pray with you, people that will encourage you, people that will hug you and say, come on, we can make it. Don't isolate. God never intended for you to be alone on the island and try and fight your battles on your own. That is not the plan of God. So yes, when people are facing with storms, they want to isolate. But I want to encourage you, church, if you that person this morning, don't isolate. Find people that can pray with you. People that can encourage you. People that can, that can bear with you. Don't isolate. Don't give the enemy any ground. Don't put yourself on an island all by yourself. And yes, I'm talking to bloodwashed children this morning. I'm talking because that is what we intend. We bloodwashed children of Christ. But we want to go in a corner. We want to feel sorry for ourselves. Purpose. And sometimes God allows you to go through things because there's a purpose. So don't isolate, my friend. Big mistake. Don't isolate. Get some prayer warriors that can pray with you. I can remember, and, I, and I'm sure Pastor Robbie and Elder Arnold, Elder, uh, beg my pardon, sorry, Pastor, <laughs> I must get used to it now. Uh, Pastor Cyril can agree with me this morning. When, um, when we go do visitations for people that have been absent for, from the church for a week or month or, or so, we, we go and we ask them, but is there problems? Is there a problem with the church or do you have problems with, with us? And 99% will always reply, Pastor, we don't have a problem with the church. We don't have a problem with you. But if you know, if you know how much pain, how, how, how the, 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 the way my life is today, I, I found myself in a rock bottom moment. That's why I'm not in church. And that's the problem with us as blood-washed children and sons and daughters of God. When we're under attack of the enemy, we go to, into isolation. We isolate from the church. I want to tell you, my friend, brother and sister, church of God, that's the time you should soak yourself in the word of God. That's the time you should be in the presence of God. I also want to add the church should not, should not be a place for only, Lord, help us perfect angels with no flaws or mistakes. But rather it should be a place where people can find hope like a hospital where you go for healing. 
It should be a place where broken people can, can come in and enter and go home. Healed. But I believe when the church reached that point of pride and we're only looking for fault in our people, then we missed our purpose. And I'm so grateful it doesn't happen here. Because we love each other here. We pray for each other. We care for each other. And so, yes, the, play, the church is a place of healing. It's a place of renewing in your life. Hebrews 10 verse 23 says so beautifully, let's keep to the hope because he that promised is faithful. And let us give encouragement to one another to continue with the good works. To continue with the good works. He says in verse 25, let us not forsake the gathering of the brethren of some that are in the habit of doing. And it's so sad if you look over this, this church, this, this building this morning to see all these empty churches. Then I wish, I ask myself, what is so more important that people are at home this morning? What can be more so important for those that have, should have been here, what is more, so more important for them? I ask myself that question. What, what is more? I hope they have a valid reason. I'm not judging. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Some do have a valid reason. In Shomaka is my nonet aspris. You know, but my friend, this is the place where you're being refilled. This is the place you can come in empty and you can go out full to the brim. Thinking, where are they? What are they doing? But that's between them and God. That's between them and God. Like I said, he said in verse 25, let us not forsake the gathering of the brethren of some that are in the habit of doing so. It's, ama it's amazing. We look at COVID. COVID was a good example. How people had distanced themselves from the church. Yes, I, I understand we were forced to do it. But now we see that people are still in the habit of doing so. Because it's a natural thing. To them, it's easier for them to listen to the word preaching at home. But I want to encourage you this morning. You won't feel that anointing that is here this morning. You won't feel that presence of the Holy Spirit that is here this morning. I want to encourage you, church. Don't isolate, associate. Seek the presence of God. When you hit rock bottom moment, when you're in your lowest, make sure you're in the word of God. When you're in your lowest, when you hit rock bottom moments, make sure you're in an atmosphere of prayer. Don't move away from God. 
Move closer to God. I want to encourage you, my friend. When you find yourself in a low moment, you can't depend on your status. You can't depend on your name in the industry. You can't depend upon your, your, your father or your mother or your brother or sister. It is only the word of God that will carry you through when you're in your lowest. Nothing else. Only the word of God that can carry you through when you find yourself in a rock bottom moment situation. Only the word of God. The second one is important, believe me or not. Pastors also going through it. In our lives. Don't think this morning as I'm preaching here. That it just always roses on my path. I also face rock bottom moments. But I believe that's the time. I have to encourage myself. I have to remind myself about the promises of God. He says in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9. He says not me. The Lord says his grace is sufficient. Because his power in my weakness will strengthen me. I want you to hear someone in the church this morning. The end of your strength is the beginning of God's power in your life. The end of your strength is the beginning of God's grace in your life. And so it's, it's good to come to the end of yourself so that God can have his way in you. You see, sometimes we... We want to do things on our own. We want to work it out. I'm the boss of my life. And I decide. And that's the time we messed up. We messed up. And I want to encourage you, church. My friend, brother and sister. It's good to come to the end of yourself. And to say, Lord, I cannot do it on my own. I need your strength. I need your grace. And let the, the Lord work out the plans for your life. And so, yes, we can try all the gimmicks. You can go even and try the seven steps. But when you're in your lowest when you're in the dark dungeon, I want to say to you, there's only one thing that can save you, and that's the word of God. You can try the seven steps, my brother. You can try the gimmicks, but only one thing, and I say it again, there's only one thing that will carry you through. That's the word of God. That's the word of God. And it's time to dust it off. It's time to take it from the cells. And it's time that we will go home once again and, and stand here in front and be a testimony. It's time you return back to the loving word of God. So that, the end, so that in the end of your strength, it's beginning of God's grace in your life. Isaiah the prophet 
prophesy in Isaiah 62 verse 6. Jeremiah have placed, Jerusalem I have placed watchmen on your walls. They will never be silent day and night. There is no rest for you who reminds the Lord. So we ask pastor if there's no rest. What must I do? Well, the words say we may, must remind the Lord about his promises. Verse 7 says, do not give him rest until he establish the makes of Jerusalem, the praise of the earth. So what is my duty in my rock bottom moment? Number one, I must not isolate but associate. Number two, I must remind God about his promises. Now you ask the question now, now why must I remind God about this promise? Thank you for asking. What is so serious that God is saying I must day and night remind him about this promise? Why is it so important? Well, I believe the first reason I must remind God about this promise, it creates a sense of faith and it drives out, it drives out the fear when I'm at my lowest. We heard last week, Pastor Sarah preached so well about fear. And I can agree with him that fear cripples your faith in God. Romans 10 verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing the word. So when I find myself at my workplace, at school, at varsity, amongst my friends, amongst my family, even at the shopping malls, in the morning, I must remind the Lord, it is written, Lord, it is written, I will lack nothing in your world for my life. I'm highly favored and will excel in all I do. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. No sickness will keep me down. I'm above and not beneath. I'm royalty. I'm a prince and princesses of the most high God. I'm seated in heavenly places. And we are very much loved by God this morning. Now this, my friend, if you have been, if you felt unloved all these years, I want to encourage you this morning with, this, with Psalm 27. It says so beautifully, and the Lord will take me in. If you felt unloved all your life, go home and read Psalm 27. It says, and the Lord will take me in. And so, yes, God loves us very much this morning, church. He loves us with an everlasting love. That's why he sent his son to die so that we would not go lost, but have eternal life. Lord, I'm busy reminding you about your promise. And you can feel that faith rising inside of you. And I tell you, church, depression must leave your life. That low self-esteem must go in the name of Jesus. Unworthiness must go in Jesus' name because the blood of Jesus has made us worthy. Anxiousness must leave you in Jesus' name. That worry spirit must go in the name of Jesus. Cancer must leave. That heart attack spirits must go. I command it to go in the name of Jesus. I call marriages to be restored this morning. 
in Jesus' name. I call sons and daughters to be reunited with their parents. I call this generation to have the fear of the Lord and thirst after his salvation in the name of Jesus. I want you to listen. The reason why you must remind God about his promise is not that you must increase your faith only, only, but that, that you can hear the Bible because faith comes through hearing the word of God so that the enemy can also hear the word. Your question, thank you for asking. So why must the enemy hear the word? Well, I tell you, church, it's the only way he's going to run from you. I say it again. It's the only way he's going to run from you. Listen, church, it's not my method. God's way of letting the enemy run from you. We are all familiar with Matthew 4. After he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And verse 3 says, Then the tempter approached him and said, If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. He answered, it is written, man must not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus also told him, it is written, do not test the Lord your God. Then Jesus told him, go away, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Look at verse 11. Then the devil left him and angels came and began to serve him. I want to say to us this morning, church, each one of us this morning, there's been an angel attached to you, ready to serve you this morning. Do you believe that? There's an angel appointed to each and every one of us, ready, is standing at attention, ready to serve you only if you trust in the word of God. Jesus was tempted. And the only weapon that he used that time, and the only weapon that we can use today, and the only weapon we can use for next year, and 20 years after next year, is the word of God. Jesus didn't use the seven steps. He only used the word of God. He said, it is written. I want to tell you this morning, church, nothing, no one can save you when you're in your lowest. It's only the word of God. Not my money, no. Not my wife, no. Not my son, not my daughter. Not the government. I say it again. It's only the word of God. Submit to God and withstand the devil. Maybe he will flee from you. Maybe. Hopefully, he will flee from you. Now, if you stand firm on God's word, certainly the devil will run from you. That's a promise to you and me from the mouth of God. 
not maybe, not hopefully, certainly the devil will run from you if you stand firm and trust in the word of God. I want to say to you this morning, church, the devil is not afraid of a pastor or an elder or a deacon or even a title, but he fears the loving word of God. Let me encourage you this morning. The devil fears a man and a woman if they are full with the loving word of God in their hearts. And every time they say it is written and they know the word of God. This is our problem, Pastor Robbie and Pastor Cyril. We do it once. We go home from here saying, oh, the preacher preached a blessed word today. You forgot about it again. Until you go home and do it. Go home and, and find the promises that God promised you. Maybe you're in a financial problem. Go and look up the Maybe you're not well in your body this morning. Go home. Go look up the promise. Where God promised you, he will be Jehovah Rapha, your healer. You find yourself in a storm at your lowest. Go home. Go and look up the promise where God promised you victory. Write it down. No. The problem is we think the devil is going to run from us because we are children of God. Big mistake. A big and no. The, the, the devil won't run from you because you were a child of God. He will run from you when you own, when you constantly and constantly apply the written word of God over your lives. And the devil knows it because he fears a man and a woman that is not only full with the Holy Spirit, but also full with the word of God. Can I get an amen? The last one. What must I do, pastor? Well, do not isolate, associate. Number two, stand on the promises of God. Number three, it's only a motivation. Stand your ground. Say to your neighbor, stand your ground. Now we, are all, we all know the scripture, Ephesians 6 verse 13. He says, clothe yourself with the full armor of God so that when you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everyone to take your stand. Every one of us say, Pastor, I clothe myself every day with the full armor of God. It's good. And I encourage you to do it every day. But that's not the final part. That's not the final part. The final part and important part in this verse is found in verse 14. Where it says, stand your ground. So it's a good thing to clothe yourself with the armor of God. But it's even better to stand your ground. Ground. Stand your ground. You got to stand firm, beloved. Once again, I'm so sorry that I've used 
use this uh, COVID example every time, but we look at COVID, some people never return to church. And I'm saying with all the grace and the love in my heart, I pray that the Lord will bring them back. Some have backslidden in this time, but I pray that God will be gracious unto them. And I thank you, and I thank you for, the, for you who are here this morning. But we look at some people, they never return to church. They had begun to love the world because they never learn to stand their ground when danger is around them. Like I said, I'm not speaking negatively this morning. But what we need, church, brother and sister, we need people in this time and age that we are living to stand our ground. You say resist and stand your ground on the day of evil. Having done all this, the crisis demand and stand firmly in your place. I say the church needs people that can stand their ground. Colossians 2 verse 7, 7 says, Having the root of you being firmly and deeply planted in who? And so this morning, there's a lot of people I'm sorry to say it, but there's a lot of people, they are, their roots are deeply planted in a pastor. There's a lot of people, their roots are deeply planted in a pastor. And when the pastor fall, they also fall. There's a lot of people, their roots are deeply planted in a church. And when the church disappoints you, you are also disappointed. But the words say we must, be, we must stand firm and we must be deeply planted in Christ Jesus. Build up in, building up our faith in Jesus. We have to stand firm, church. I believe the child of God is like a reef. The wind and the rain is rough, and when it, what does the reef do? It just takes a bend like that. It just bends slightly over. Why? Because its roots are deeply planted in the ground. And my question this morning to all of us, myself included, how deep? Are we planted in Christ this morning? How deep are our roots planted in Christ this morning? I'm going to skip a few because of time. Yes, the storms of life attack you at a rapid pace, but it could not break you because you were anchored at the feet of Jesus, your Savior. You have sat down with the word, and the word carried you through, and you learn to stand firm. Proverbs 24, verse 14, realize that wisdom is the same for you. If you find it, you will have a future, and your hope will never fade. I have this assurance this morning, that the love of God will never change. I have this assurance, should you go through the valley of the shadow of death, you won't fear 
because the Lord will be with you. Even if you go through the waters, you will not drown. In the fire, you will not be burned because the Lord, your God, will be with you. Then comes David, and I'm closing. He says in Psalm 91, you all know it. The one who lives under the protection of the Most High dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. He will rescue me from the destruction. He will cover you with his feathers. Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, the pestilence will not reach you because you are anchored in God. We just need to stay at the feet of Jesus. Don't isolate, my friend. Don't give up. Don't quit. The last story, Paul. Now we know that Paul, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And here we find him in the lowest point of his life. Rock bottom. Bound in chains in prison. Tomorrow he's facing death penalty. He has been judged. And you know that he had all the reasons to be angry of with God. Why? Because Paul didn't call himself. He was called by God. He had all the reasons. Midnight we find him in chains. Next to him is also Silas. They in their lowest. They in a rock bottom moment. Of their lives. And like I said. I'm not talking to sinners today. I'm talking through. Uh, that goes through rock Rock bottom moments. I'm talking to blood-washed children. And Paul must have thought to himself, what are we going to do? But I'm sure he said to Silas, let's sing a song. I know it's our last cause tomorrow we're going to die. But in the same breath, I'm sure he encouraged Silas. Let's not lose hope. Because we know that we are anchored in Jesus. Once again, I'm going to ask this question. Who is your anchor this morning? Who is your anchor this morning? I'm sure he said, we're not going to turn back. Let's offer, I'm just trying to figure out the conversation that they had at the time. He probably said to, to Silas, let's offer a song. Let's not feel pity on ourselves. Because he that is within us is greater than he who tries to kill us at this moment. And I, I, I don't know what they sing at the time, but I'm pretty sure and try to figure out they, they probably sang that song. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. God will make a way for me. Yes, church, I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm 100% sure that Paul has encouraged Silas. Let's sing that song. God will make a way. Believe you me, church, while they were singing, God will make a way. God appears. God appears. And the chains, the chains 
it starts to loosen. The chains, it starts to loosen. And the great thing about it, they walk out there, Pastor Cyril, free men, big testimonies of what God has done for them. Because of that song they sing, God will make a way. They walk out there, great testimonies of what God can do. You're sitting here this morning in your own prison of sorrows. You're sitting here with a broken heart full of pain. People have backbite you. You have been so good to them, but yet they have backbite you. And you find it hard to forgive. You try your utmost to forgive. But every day that thought arise, and it's a battle within you. You sit here this morning with a broken heart, full of pain. Your rock bottom is not the same as mine this morning. Different to Paul. But I want to remind you this morning, church, stand firm upon the promises of God. And I know this morning that God, what he did, for Paul and for Silas. He can do for you this morning. It does not matter how many times you have failed him. It does not matter what you did last night. God loves you this morning. And I can assure you this morning. He can do exactly for you. What your hearts desire this morning. Don't isolate my friend. A big no. Trust in the word of God. Go look up the word. Go look up the promises of God where he promised you. Like I said, God wants to do a miracle. He did it for Paul and for Silas. I don't know how low you feel this morning. I don't know the brokenness that you are facing. But God, but God can do it for you this morning. And if you are that person, you say, Pastor, I need prayer. Then I want to encourage you to come to the front. And we can pray with you. God can do what no man can do. You know your situation. You know how low you feel this morning. You know the struggles that you are enduring. God can do it for you this morning. Not me. God can do it for you this morning. Only if you trust. Trust that the Lord can do a miracle for you. And so I'm not going to beg anyone. I don't believe in begging people for prayer. Because if you need prayer, you should have been here. And so I assume it is all going well with all of us this morning. I assume. So, Father, this morning, I thank you. I bless you and I honor you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your word that has been ministered this morning. You reassure us this morning, Father God, Lord, that you can do for us what no man can do. Lord, you can break the doors that Satan tried 
to hold us back in. Father, we have learned that it's not good to go into isolation when we are hit with rock bottom moments. It's not good to isolate ourselves from the church. It's not good to feel sorry for ourselves. But it's good to trust in your word. It's good to call upon the name of Jesus. And Father, this morning, Lord, you have break prison doors. Lord, you have break the doors for Paul and for Silas. And this morning, Father, we find ourselves some or the other time, Lord, we find ourselves in a prison, Lord. We have different prisons that we are going through, oh God. And this morning, my prayer is, Father, Lord, like you open, Lord God, the doors. We are standing here this morning in need of a touch of you this morning, Father. We are standing in need of a touch of you. And I pray this morning, Heavenly Father, Lord, that you will touch your people this morning. I don't know this morning the low moments they are facing. I don't know the crisis that they are facing. I don't know the heartache, the pain that they are facing. But one thing I know this morning is that you can do it for them. And my prayer is this morning that you will touch them. Touch them, Father. Release this morning, my God. Release. Father, release your grace upon this country. You know it's hard this morning. You know it's hard this morning, Father. What you do according to your word, my God. Yes, Father. Open the door. Open the door. Close the door.